Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome into another edition here of the early line on the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Neri alongside Dane Martinez as the uh, NFL continues to be at the top of everybody's mind. In fact, it's just about everywhere we go these days, certainly on social media, the, uh, the Twitter universe, the sports fans, uh, all about the NFL. And it will remain that way for at least the immediate future as a couple of things we've learned since the last time we spoke with you guys. Uh, Number one, it does look like, and there was some question marks, of course, whether or not the draft was going to take uh, place uh, at the end of April. And we know, of course, Vegas, you know, poor Vegas, uh, win the bid, right? They're planning on uh, launching all sorts of of great things happening in that city, right? The the start of the Raiders campaign now in Vegas, and they were going to have the draft, and now uh, none of that uh, is going to happen, at least not in the next 30 days. So... A lot of that is going to be put on hold, but the NFL uh, made the announcement they are going to do the draft, only it's going to resemble uh, more of a kind of a, um, almost like a network kind of thing where they'll have uh, a studio host and they'll send it to uh, one of the war rooms of of the teams on the clock. And, And keep in mind, you can't have any more than 10 people in a room at one time. Uh, for any of these uh, any of these war rooms, so usually every time we flash to them during the draft is like 30 people in a room. So it, that ain't going to happen. It's going to be 10. It's going to be uh, it's going to be going from city to city, really, from team facility to team facility, and it's going to go that way. And it'll probably be the highest rated draft in the history of draft Dane, because I can't imagine what those numbers are going to be as really reality television in real time, right? Like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? It should be a ratings bonanza, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. I do think you're going to get even higher ratings because the hundreds of thousands of people that are such diehard fans that they would travel to try to be there in person, they're definitely going to watch as well. And we talked about this, Joe, right? The NFL is able to conduct business. They're sort of lucky that they're in their offseason, the big events of free agency and the draft. They'll still technically happen, although it's going to look different. If you, the, the normal fan, watching on their television, the only difference is instead of seeing them walk across a red carpet, You're just going to see like a GM or a team representative make a pick, you know, uh, telecasted, broadcasted from somewhere. And I think they get actually creative. You know, Joe, you know how in like the third round of the draft, like day two and day three, they bring out like a retired player or a fan that won a contest to get on up and be able to announce it. You're going to have just a lot more of that. And we're going to be able to still see war rooms unless, although there'll be about, you know, nine people or less in them. But the NFL will make this a television show and will continue to grab the attention share of the sports. Fans. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be crazy like it always is. It is the NFL, but yeah, an interesting part about this, uh, too, thinking about it now that they had said, listen, we're going to go forward. It's just going to be more of a studio show than it's going to be anything else. I find it fascinating, Dan, because what's going to happen now is there is no combine. And we know over the years, guys, right, we know guys have dropped three or four rounds because of not because of their college career, 
but because of a combine that some genius scout didn't like the way he threw the ball with shorts on or didn't like the way they ran ahead of bad 40 times. Whatever it is, we have seen more mistakes made in the draft because of the combine, because of something that happened there, uh, which I always thought was the lazy way around it. Listen, you got three to four years of tape on a, any one of these guys. Read the damn tape. Like, watch the tape. Right. And now right. they they're not going to have a choice but to watch the tape. That's the only thing they're going to have. There is no combine. So a lot of those mishits that we've gotten in the past I'm going to be very curious to see which teams do really, really good in this draft without the combine, without that, you know, muddying the waters for some of these players. It should be interesting to see uh, which direction some of these teams go now that they're just forced to, oh, I don't know, watch game film, which is probably what they should have been doing all along anyway. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, because, you know, like I had that whole time when I was getting married out of the country. I thought they did have the combine in Indianapolis. A lot of the guys did, in fact, run for those two days. I think it's more like pro days. Right. And, you know, that's what happens afterwards. They right. did all Right, exactly. The pro exactly correct. Yes, right. Okay. So they're going to have to go. And, a lot of, and a, the meetings, too, are just brutal because now a lot of these guys can't come in for the meetings. They can't have the personal one-on-ones. They can't. And I still say this, any college guy that had an injury, anybody in the draft that had an injury, I don't know who's going to take a shot. That's the one that I was talking I don't know. I mean, we already know the language is being written in, right? So we know that the language is anything to do with medical, whatever they sign, whoever they sign in the draft, that's going to be the situation, right? Yep. Anything they come up with, oh, we're going to avoid it. Well, it doesn't help that you wasted a, you know, a top 10 pick on a guy mm-hmm. in hopes that he was going to be healthy. So yeah. I do think the stock of a lot of guys is going to drop, and you can't help but to look at Tua and go like, and guys like him. A lot of guys like him. And that's where I was going to go also, Joe, right? Because even after the combine happens, mm-hmm. that's when schools left and right, you hear about this, having their pro days. A lot right. of guys... They don't want to run at the combine. They don't want to throw at the combine. They'd rather be in their familiar settings with their wide receivers or in a kind of home more environment, right? And not only that, but you talk about players that, whether it's injury, the other thing I'll say, Joe, is ones that have quote-unquote off-the-field concerns, right? Character issues. For those kind of guys, those interviews, when they get to, you know, kind of press the flesh with their those teams and kind of put their best foot forward or get up on the whiteboard and diagram X's and O's and show that they know how to process defenses, that opportunity is missed. So some guys who, you know, may have had that chance to improve their stock or allay concerns that teams would have had don't have that, whether it's character or medical. And, Joe, you mentioned Tua. I think that has got to be the biggest one, right? He's going to have an MRI. They're going to send them to all the teams. But I'm telling you this, Joe, you're down there in Florida. If I'm the Miami Dolphins or if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers and I'm one of these teams that, you know, are in the Tua sweepstakes, I'm putting my team doctor, doctor, the assistant GM, and I'm putting them in a van and I'm driving to Tuscaloosa or wherever the hell it's happening, right? right. If you're going to, you made a great point, Joe. If you're going to spend that kind of draft capital, especially in this context, when you can't, like I said, press the flesh, I'm taking a road trip, man, and I'm taking the game to the, to the, to the draft pick. We know that it's already been established that especially these free agents now who have been signing, they've got, you know, coronavirus clauses in all of these contracts, too, as well. 
Well, you know, if I can't Cam Newton, you know, a lot of these uh, these free agents that are still left uh, too with with injury concerns. What is the market going to be like? That's going to spill over into the draft. No doubt about it. Teams aren't going to. Now, listen, fourth round, third round, fourth round. Absolutely. You know what? Because I can justify missing out on a third or fourth round for an injury. Kind of hard to waste the first couple of picks in the draft on a guy that you don't know whether they are healthy or not because you haven't had a chance to have them in your building. You haven't had your people to see it. You haven't had a chance to work them out. You haven't had any of that. It really is going to rely a lot on, okay, what what do we got here? What does the tape tell us that this player is going to be? And a lot of these scouts are going to have to now, they're going to lock themselves in rooms, and that's all they're doing is watching tape, especially for a lot of guys that didn't go to the combine, who didn't want to participate in certain things. So now what do you do? No draft day, no doctor, no in-house visit. You can't talk to them one on Holy crap, you know, yeah. so it's uh, the draft is going to be very interesting from that point of view. Let us not forget, guys, you know, Brady, you watch Brady's film at Michigan, right? Doesn't look much different, Todd, guys. I mean, he, he doesn't, you know, a little skinnier, but same, had a dad bod. You know, Brady went to the combine and people are like, this guy's never going to be able to look at him. He, he's got a dad bod. He's 21 years old. Like, there's, there's no way he's going to be that kind of stuff but when you watch the film the film tells me it's yeah it's pretty much what i got that's exactly what we've got going on here uh zach thomas was another guy zach thomas had what a hundred hundred and ten tackles a year at texas tech right he goes to the combine and everyone's like oh he's a little slow i don't yeah he single terry you know same type of thing where watch the damn game film like the game film will tell you everything you need to know about who these players are yeah we see the same thing on the flip side too right joe guys that are workout warriors in t-shirts yeah. shorts on that blow you away with their 40 time or their vertical leap or their three cone shuttle and then you realize you know something else either they they can't process the playbook or the game right. is you know, so it happens on both sides. And this is the time of year, the combine, the pro day, the interviews, when these guys are getting poked and prodded yep. and through all sorts of weird questions to really find out if they're ready for the next level. And you talked about it with Tua. But honestly, Joe, I think it has an impact on guys that are in the pros already. Yep. The same thing is the case with a guy like Cam Newton. We all know, Joe, that if healthy, Cam Newton, damn right he's a starter in the NFL. Right. But we don't know if he is healthy or not. And so it becomes much of it becomes a more higher stakes decision with incomplete information, Joe. Yep. And whether it's spending the number five overall pick for Tua or spending millions of dollars in three years for Cam Newton. Yep. Or think about this, Joe. Jameis Winston is out there on the merry-go-round out there on the market. If you're a team. And you're a brain trust, the front office. Wouldn't you want to bring the man in to talk to him a little bit to see what his, you know, where his head is at after now not being the starter? Does he have what it takes to lead my locker room and franchise? Okay, I think that is something you would definitely want to see with a guy like Jameis. And I'll, I'll give you another example, Joe. I think it's very curious timing that Big Ben Roethlisberger posts his videos showing that, oh, yeah, look, 
I'm on the mend. I'm on schedule. I can throw. I think it's very interesting that he posts that right now as the Pittsburgh Steelers truly have to decide what are they doing. We all know they have to address this eventually, yep. but the way they address it, I need to know what are the chances that I'm going to have my horse Big Ben under center week one. Do I want to go the Jameis route? Do I want to spend a first or second round draft pick? Yep. Or do I think I've got a different way of approaching it because Big Ben will be back in the saddle for me? I think it's very interesting that he chose this time also to let his team and the world know, like, look, I'm making strides. Yep. Yeah, and it's... And maybe just maybe because of this urgency or because of the lack of access to a lot of these players in the early rounds, you might see teams be a little bit more willing uh, to move up in the draft to go get what they consider to be a sure thing. Guys on the top of their board that they, they are assured of and sold on in one way or the other that they might move up and get it. So maybe early on in the draft, we're going to start to see a lot of movement up there and maybe some deals that normally wouldn't happen if teams had full access and were able to go through the regiment leading up to the draft with these players you know everyone's got that top five on their board right so maybe some teams are willing to say you know what i'm we're willing to go up and get him now instead of uh you know or even roll the dice maybe there's a guy up there going you know what it's worth it let's just go let's let's go with a guy it's going to be so interesting to see how some of these teams, you know, the New England Patriots have made championship teams out of guys who never got drafted. Oh, wow, what a shock. They weren't drafted, but yet they knew they had a certain skill set that they were able to exploit and use to help them win games. It's going to be interesting. I think you're going to see a lot about who's scouting department and, you know, who's player personnel guys are really the cream of the crop here coming up in this draft because there's not a lot of things that can screw it up other than tape and but that could help some teams too who might normally make the worst decisions ever because of a stupid combine or because they didn't like a workout that they had sometime between that and the draft so it might help and it might hurt but i do think there's a lot more questions and answers than we've ever had heading into this draft that's loaded with Wide receivers and quarterbacks, two of the bigger position guys that are going to help teams make it over the top. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at FanDuel right now, they're hanging numbers of how many players at each position will yep. be drafted in the first round. And I believe for quarterback, it's four and a half. So listen, if you don't like what you have as options, maybe you go that other route. For wide receivers, I'm hearing as many as 20 can go in the first three rounds. The number FanDuel's hanging for the first round yep. is five and a half. And Joe, here's another route that scouting departments and front offices might go. And our team, the New York Jets, I think may be doing this. We know, Joe, that one of the Jets' needs, or two of them, quite frankly, are offensive line and cornerback yeah. in the secondary. What the Jets have done over just in the last couple of days, signing 27-year-old guard from Carolina, Greg Van Roten, and also going with Pierre Desir, a cornerback they signed away from the Indianapolis Colts, a former Colt who just got a big, who got a big deal uh, a couple of years ago. The other way you could go, Joe, is if it's more of an uncertainty with these kids in the draft and you haven't had an opportunity to vet them, mm. I'm going to go sign the veteran. You talk about tape. I've seen tape on Pierre this year at the NFL level. Right. I mean, so that is more of a known commodity. I might, instead of 
you know, prioritizing the draft, I might go the free agent route because at least I've seen it more and it's a safer bet. Yep. And some teams may go that route when you see that mid-level of free agent signings as well. Yeah, and uh, it's true. I, you know, why... And it all the everything is value, right? What is the value of some of these kids coming out and where do you get them, right? A lot of guys say whether you win or lose a draft depends on what you do from the third round on, right? It's those yep. second days, not the first days. It's a crapshoot in a lot of situations. But what do you do from that third round through the sixth round? Like, how do you, where is that? And there's going to be some interest this year with that. But the skill position guys, Dane, are out of control they really are, I think, some difference makers in this draft. And if you're rebuilding, I mean, think about that. Four and a half is the number of quarterbacks. That means four franchises are hitting yep. the reset button, right? Like four of them are looking to the future in the league in the first round. Otherwise, and then I don't, there's still quarterbacks that could go into second round, third round, that teams are still going to give a legitimate shot to see what they have in the future. So, there is a lot riding on this draft coming up, Dane, and it's going to start with the biggest position, and then it's going to go right down to the position next that's going to make that quarterback pick seem either great or, and I think that's why guys like A.J. Green are staying in Cincinnati because you know you got a rookie quarterback coming in there. You better give him some weapons, otherwise you're going to get him killed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, teams, uh, they, they decide to build their teams in different ways. You hear... Some people talk about building from the inside out. Some people talking about got to get weapons for a new developing quarterback, whether you're Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, or Sam Darnold, or Kyler Murray, who got a little bit of help over the last week as well. You got to protect them, and you got to give them something to throw to. Yes, you absolutely do. And uh, listen, free agency still open, obviously, in the NFL. A lot of moves have been made uh, over the weekend, of course. There's going to be uh, much happening still leading up to the draft, but... What have we learned thus far and the latest signings, in fact? Who's left in the top 40, you know, free agents this year? This has been a just a mountain of stuff happening here in free agency. Teams changing, getting deals done a hell of a lot sooner than, I mean, we're not even a week, week and a half into the free agency period. And there's really only four guys left in the top 40. So... We'll talk about those four guys. We'll give you the latest moves and what it means for some of these teams. And we'll do that coming up next here on The Grid. It is the early line. Dane Martinez, Joe Ranieri, SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back into The Grid, SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as we continue the craziness that is the NFL free agency period. Now, uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we learned, of course, over the last uh, few days that the NFL uh, is planning on moving forward with the draft. There was some talk of that, that maybe the draft would be put on hold, maybe move to a later date. Uh, but it appears that uh, that has all shifted now to a different type of draft. It's going to be a um, it's going to be a draft that's going to be pretty much. 
uh, studio version, really. I mean, it's going to be a, a studio show, and then they're going to put remote cameras in all of the war rooms at the, uh, at the team's complexes around the country. So uh, it'll be fewer people, but it'll be outside of, I'm uh, guessing, especially the first round, a lot of the top names in the draft, the Joe Burrows in the world, they'll have some remote access too. So much more of a studio show. Think of uh, uh, kind of like what we had with the NBA All-Star pick with, with Giannis and LeBron, that kind of thing there. Uh, which is okay. I mean, it's uh, it's still going to be the highest rated television program of the summer in all likelihood. Uh, but, you know, all of that is going to be great. But we still have free agency, which has gone crazy in the NFL, Dane. We're talking about, uh, of the top 40, to- of the top 40 listed free agents, four remain. Now, we're talking four, Dane. Not five, not six, not seven. Four remain after just a week, a week and a half here, which is just absolute craziness if you ask me. How in the heck, and this is, we've never seen this because usually there's always a list of guys that linger, whether it be money, uh, whatever it is. Even now, without the ability to even, in, you know, really send your doctors or check any of these guys, think about that. The top 36 of the dudes have gone, whether they're injured or they're not. And I understand the clauses in the contract. But we look at the top four that remain. Jameis, we know why. Clowney, $20 million a year he's looking for. That's big money for a guy that's been hurt as much as he has. Uh, Logan Ryan, defensive back there for the Tennessee Titans, also might be a money, maybe a health issue there. And Robbie Anderson, no health issue. He is, too, looking for big money. But that's a guy, that's a proven commodity that can strike. One of the best deep threats in the NFL who's only 27 years old. I, so four guys out of the top 40 remain, and in all likelihood, Dane, they'll probably be gone, right, before it's all said and done. Yeah, you know, there will be more deals made in the coming days, and those guys now at the top of the market are probably next to cash in. But, Joe, I think there's a couple of reasons for this. One is what we just talked about, right? If you can't uh, poke and prod the rookies, you may instead opt to like spend the money on a veteran because at least it's a known quantity or at least a little bit more known because you've seen them on tape at the NFL level. The other thing that I would say, Joe, is remember what else happened right before this, the uh, collective bargaining agreement, you know, and as part of the collective bargaining agreement, salary caps went Mm -hmm. up. So the amount of money that teams can spend went up. And so some of these teams are going shopping. I think a little bit, you know, you got more money. And uh, some of the teams are like, well, I'm going to turn around and spend it. One of the guys you mentioned is Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson, Joe. And and, and listen, uh, we should also note that another guy that was at his kind of tier that was available was Emmanuel Sanders. And he recently was signed by the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, this is a game of supply and demand, right? And so that's another wide receiver that goes off the market. Manny Sanders with the Saints. You mentioned A.J. Green franchise, Amari Cooper re-signing with the Dallas Cowboys. With Robbie Anderson, Joe, I think part of it is there are so many wide receivers that are available in this draft, in the top rounds that are going to be day one and day two picks. I think teams are thinking about it from a cost-benefit analysis, right? Robbie Anderson, we're hearing, wants something in the neighborhood of $10, $11 million a year. Manny Sanders only got like six or seven. So if that's the market and teams are making individual decisions on, do I go ahead and try to offer Robbie Anderson $10 million a year? Or do I take my chance with one of these, you know, 15 
20 wide receivers that could have this kind of similar production and, you know, get them on a cheap, on a rookie contract. I think Robbie Anderson is that exact level of wideout that teams are, instead of, you know, signing him to the big money, going to instead roll the dice on a rookie. You're talking about a guy um, undrafted out of Temple here, guys, right? He played in 16 games last season, 15 starts. He finished with 52 catches, 779 yards, and five touchdowns. In his career, guys, right? He's averaging almost 15 yards per catch. Oh, yeah. 52 catches for 770 yards and, uh, and five touchdowns on average in his career. And all of those are bombs. Like, this is a guy that can stretch the field. Uh, he's going to be 27 coming up in May, but this is a guy that, to me, I, I don't understand why nobody's even negotiating or, or talking of. This is a guy that would absolutely fit on some teams that need to stretch the field. Logan Ryan, to me, is another baffling one here. This is a guy last year that had 113 tackles, Dane, 18 passes defense, four interceptions, four forced fumbles, and yep. played in all 16 games of the regular season. Like, what in the... I don't understand it. If you didn't get Darius Slay and you were in on the market, right, Byron Jones, you got to be looking at Logan Ryan. I am shocked this guy, given the value of the secondary in a lot of teams. Uh, I'm shocked, man. I am absolutely shocked that he is. He's 29 years old. I get it. But still, this is a guy that I am shocked teams haven't at least uh, come close to signing here right now that he's still on the board. This is a guy that even on a one or two year deal, unless he's pricing himself out of the market, this is a guy that will make a secondary that much better this year. Yeah, I agree with you. Like the skills are there. He had a little bit of a step back last year, but again, veteran, like you said, that can get the job done. And we have seen this. One of the things you just mentioned, Joe, is like these guys are going to get jobs. Yes. The question is, are they going to get a job at the price that they want? We talked about it with a guy like Melvin Gordon earlier in the week. Like there will be a market. It's mm -hmm. just if there's a landing spot where the kind of player and a team are comfortable with whatever the compensation package right. be. I got to tell you something, Joe. When we talk about cornerbacks, right? You know, teams at this point, you can go ahead and get three, four if you want. Look at what Chris Harris did, right? Going from Denver to the Chargers. The Chargers already had a Desmond King, already had a Casey Hayward, and they still feel they had a need for another cornerback because it has turned into this passing league. So for me, that opens up the idea of teams that may be in the market for a guy like Logan Ryan, these may be teams that even still have yeah. a cornerback or two that they feel good about because there is no such thing as having too many. Teams like the Kansas City Chiefs come to mind. I don't care if they got back Kendall Fuller. You can use another one. And then, Joe, remember something else we were saying early in the week? How players were coming out of the woodwork to potentially get a discount right. to play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady? Well, Logan Ryan has history with Tom Brady. Yep. Maybe he would be one of those kinds of players that if the market doesn't fully materialize in the way he initially expected, and if he's got to take a discount somewhere, might as well take a discount and play with his, with his former teammate Tom Brady in Tampa. They can certainly use some help in the secondary job. Absolutely correct. I mean, there's no shortage of teams that needs that that kind of help. But I, I, I guess on whole, guys, the idea that the top 40 free agencies in the market after, you know, a week are gone. Like, like, like 36 of the 40 are gone. Now, I get Clowney. You know, Clowney wants to be paid like he is right up there. And when healthy, he is. 
uh, edge rushers, quarterbacks, guys, right? The two positions in the NFL that you are always willing to overpay for because of how few of them they are. And if you are good and have the kind of talent, uh, teams will pay it. I, Clowney, has he lived up to the hype from his number one draft status, uh, you know, back in the day when he was... When healthy, this dude is a force, right? Now, Seattle last year kind of had him playing in different positions. Uh, you know, had him standing up, had him going down. They, they kind of moved him all over the place. And I do think that he'd be willing to go back to Seattle. Seattle would be willing to have him. Um, but it's not what he came into the league doing. So they kind of utilized him in a different way. But he wants to be paid as one of the best. The question is, do you consider him one of the best, given this draft coming up where there are some nice edge rushers. You probably should have got one last year, but there are some guys coming out of uh, out of college here that are going to be uh, taking a look that aren't going to cost twenty million. But Clowney's going to go somewhere. The question is, how much is he willing to pay for, and who's willing to maybe come close to that number to put him on the team? Yeah, that's right. You know, all these guys have their individual cases of why the market is where it is for them. With Clowney, I do think it's injuries. But you mentioned Seattle. I would not be surprised to see him actually reunite with the Seahawks, even though I believe they got Bruce Irvin back. Right? Mm -hmm. I still think you need multiple pass rushers. Yeah. He did show that he can do a lot of different things for that team. I'm hearing everyone from the Tennessee Titans to New York Giants also have a market for him. You mentioned Robbie Anderson. One of the things you said with him is undrafted. He came out of school, right? Yep. So what that speaks to me is teams know they can get diamonds in the rough. So why pay $10 million where every front office thinks that I can find the next Robbie Anderson in the undrafted free agent market? You know, Logan Ryan, we will see. You know, so I think it's a different case for everybody. When you talk to Davion Clowney, I'm hearing that the market will materialize for him. And you said it. It's when healthy because, Joe, when he's healthy, absolutely yes, in my opinion. He lives up to the billing of being a number one overall draft. I got to tell you real quickly, funny, Joe, you know, video games mm -hmm. sometimes are uh, telling, tell, reading the tea leaves themselves. I don't know if you saw it, but the new version of Madden, they put out a big uh, commercial where they had Melvin Gordon now in the Denver Broncos right. coat. Todd Gurley, now in the Atlanta Falcons colors. Darius Slay, now in the Philadelphia Eagles colors. And the other thing they did was have Jadavion Clowney transform from a Seattle Seahawks uniform to a Tennessee Titans uniform. So even video games and social media are trying to get ahead of the curve here and read the tea leaves. I don't know. You think Clowney to the Tennessee Titans would be a good fit? Yeah, uh, yeah. listen, I, I think he's going to make a defense that much better. Anytime that you have a guy that, you know, when healthy and is on the field, you have to account for him more so than, than other things. That leaves opportunities available, of course, for other defenders on that defense. And Clowney is that guy. Like him or hate him, uh, he is a difference maker in a game. And if not uh, held in check, uh, ruins games uh, for offenses. Uh, another guy, too, that is still on the market, but getting up there in years, but maybe not the sack guy that he used to be. But he also hasn't missed a game since 2011. That's a Dominican Sue who was the big reason why that Tampa Bay defense last year was number one against the uh, the run. He is a force in the middle, guys. Uh, sitting at that nose tackle in the middle of that defensive line. He is 33. I get it. He's not, you know, 41 tackles, two and a half sacks last year. He's not that sack machine he used to be when he signed with, like, Miami. 
But my, oh my, is he a guy that you got to double team? He is a guy that gives other people an opportunity to make plays on that defense. He is 33. He's been durable. He hasn't missed since 2011. I have no doubt, um, depending on what Clowney wants to get, Adamic and Sue in the right defense is an absolute disruptor in there. He is going to make whoever, whoever signs him. He's going to make that team that much better, not only against the run, but in the middle of that defense. Uh, he is a guy, even at 33 years old, that has shown he can still control games. Yeah, absolutely. But, Joe, here's the thing. You said, my, oh, my, he'll generate a double team. The other thing is, my, oh, my, he's the kind of guy who you want to bring into the facility yeah. before you commit that amount of money to him, right? So maybe this kind of pause that we're all in will hurt a guy like Ndamuk and Sue more than others. We talked about it with college kids with off-the-field or injury concerns. At the pro level, I'd be damned if a GM goes ahead and makes this kind of move sight unseen. He's the kind of guy you got to bring into the building, meet with coaches for them to sign off before you commit that money. Yep. Jameis is the other guy in the top 40 also out there, right? And I think this is going to hurt Jameis as well. He may have to wait until after the draft, after the music stops to see where the game of musical chairs is, or maybe even wait for an injury, see if Big Ben actually can throw pain-free. Some uh, Another big name, of course, still available out in the market, guys. Guy that was a staple for a long long time with the Baltimore Ravens, and that is uh, Jimmy Smith, who is uh, 32 this year and is one of the best cornerbacks for a long time in this league, guys, and with reason. The guy's got more talent than, uh, than we have seen, and that's why he has been with Harbaugh and that team for nine NFL seasons, all of them with the Ravens. But, unfortunately, injuries started to catch up with him, certainly uh, last year. He hasn't played in all 16 games since 2000 and 15. Uh, he did have 30 combined tackles, one sack, six pass, uh, six passes defended, one interception and in nine games played uh, with Baltimore. But when he was in a lineup, they were that much better. He's not going to command the kind of money that he once did. But if you are looking for a, a veteran presence, a guy that knows the league and the ins and outs in the AFC, this is exactly the kind of guy that goes to like a New England or somewhere along those lines. Um, maybe even back to the Ravens at a discounted price, but the Texans come to mind, you know? He's that kind of player that will absolutely make a secondary that much better. That kind of veteran presence can go a long way in a locker room. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, the timing of when these deals are signed do not necessarily correlate to how important the player is Joe right you know like the market materializes Jimmy Smith may be some kind of one of the cases where other teams want to see if they can get younger options first right. via the draft or we just mentioned some of these other cornerbacks Bradbury gets signed by the New York Giants I'm not like throwing shade at him as a player because of his age because of his injury history right. he just may be a guy who has to wait for the market to come to him and he may be completely happy to sign another one-year deal right back in baltimore yep yeah no he is a guy exactly you know but out in texans atlanta comes to mind is another guy that you can add to a very inexperienced secondary um you know now the trufant certainly has uh, has moved on I think there's some great opportunities out there for him. He is a guy that is certainly going to help a team. And then uh, one more quickly, and we'll talk more about the, uh, the market, who's left, and some of the winners and losers thus far coming up. But how about a 38-year-old left tackle named Jason Peters, who uh, the Eagles have decided to move on, Dane, but this is a guy 
Injuries start to catch up, but he's 38 years old. He's still good enough to be a starting tackle in this league. It'll be interesting to see if he catches on with somebody. At the very least, Dan, you're talking about adding some depth. But at 38, you also have to wonder, does Jason Peters want to continue playing? We'll get your thoughts on him, along with some of the winners and losers uh, so far in the free agency period in the NFL. Where does it all go from here? We'll talk about that coming up next here on The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back into The Grid. It is SportsGrid.com. Joe and Ari, Dane Martinez here on the early line for you as we uh, continue uh, to try and take a look and uh, break down some of these free agent moves in the NFL. And, of course, uh, what does it mean for some teams and obviously some winners and losers uh, in the NFL at this particular point? I think we can look at it and say, uh, a couple of things that came to mind, Dane, is I do think there are some defenses that got much more improved. Uh, they absolutely won uh, free agency, and we'll talk about a couple of those. Uh, but you also have some teams that don't try to win free agency. And right. uh, I can say this right now, the team that uh, did everything they could to win it last year, not necessarily kind of went bargain shopping this year, but the Cleveland Browns, I am uh, new regime, new faces, new everything, not really trying to, uh, uh, to try to say, hey, look at us this year, and I can't blame them because look how it turned out for them last year, uh, but uh, didn't, didn't go market shopping, so to speak. We know uh, outside of, and if you haven't heard, of course, uh, Brian Hoyer is on his way back to the New England Patriots, a team that doesn't uh, ever uh, make splashes, of course, in, uh, in free agency, Dane, but... Hoyer is a guy that is very familiar uh, with that offense. Once he was released there uh, from the Indianapolis Colts when they signed Phillip Rivers, uh, it was, yeah, a couple other teams could have used his services by sure, but it makes sense to go back there because no matter what they do, even if they're going to look for the draft or if Jared Stidham's the way to go, whatever it is, uh, and there is still some talk that they are in the Cam Newton sweepstakes here, Brian Horrier adds that level of security because of his knowledge of that system and, of course, that offense there uh, with Josh McDaniels. So, not a big surprise. Uh, maybe the big surprise, Dane, was the fact that by Brian Hoyer being let go, that means Jacoby Brissett is staying in Indianapolis. And, and they've already actually come out and said that they have no problem, you know, you know, Erickson's like, hey, we, we want him. We love him. He's a special guy. It's a special guy. Like, all right, so I get that you are. And if he's on the roster, I believe, uh, over the next couple of days, they're going to have to pay him $7 million guaranteed of that money. So, And then there's another guarantee that comes. So $30 million over two years is what he signed. You just gave $25 million to Phillip Rivers, and you're not doing that to have a competition. You did that because you don't trust Jacoby Brissett, and if I'm Brissett, I, I don't know how that plays in a locker room, man. I just don't, but they're committed to Jacoby Brissett 
the money might have something to do with it, but I I don't know. Maybe Brissett's not that kind of guy that's going to go in there and blow up the locker room. But man, oh man, is that that's a tough pill to swallow for me, man. So if you're considering that, I guess one of your surprises, I'm I'm surprised right along with you. I think they're riding the fence on Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Right out of one side of their mouth, they're telling me that he's special. Right, that they want him there, that he's worth $21 million, which is actually his cap hit this year, Joe. It was a two-year $30 million deal where he only got nine last year, 21. It was backloaded for this year. So if he's so special and you want to build with him, then why in the hell are you bringing in a 38-year-old Philip Rivers on a one-year 25 or something like that million-dollar deal? Is Jacoby Brissett a guy you want to develop and grow and try to win with? Or not, you know, if you're going to go this other route and, you know, go with Philip Rivers and then the future, whatever that becomes behind that, then you need to flip Jacoby Brissett for as much as you can possibly get. And the fact that his former team, the Patriots, have a vacancy and you knew Bill Belichick likes him as one of his guys, that's a little confusing to me. I agree with you. But let me give you one of my winners because you alluded to them Mm -hmm. a bit earlier before. I got two teams, Joe, that I think are the winners so far. And I say winner because it's not even big and fancy and shiny, okay? One of the winners for me are the Cleveland Browns that you just talked about, Joe. I like the way they're approaching it this year. Not like last year. Last year, it was the shiny toy of Odell Beckham. Mm -hmm. We're going to go get Kareem Hunt. We don't care about his suspension. Oh, we're going to keep Freddie Kitchens as our head coach. I think this year, they grew up a little bit, Joe. Yep, absolutely. as a head coach is like an adult in the room bringing accountability and a new culture to them. And I think that the moves that they have made, Joe, I think represent going about it the right way. Move number one, Case Keenum as the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think very smart to, you know, provide some veteran leadership in that quarterback room with Baker Mayfield. Oh, and yeah, where did Case Keenum have his best season ever? Right. In Minnesota with Kevin Stefanski there, okay? So he knows the system can actually be some kind of a mentor. Joe, they go out and protect Baker Mayfield as well. Mm-hmm. Sign Jack Conklin away from a conference rival, right, in the Tennessee Titans. You know with these young developing quarterbacks, you have to protect them. And I think Jack Conklin goes a long way to doing that. And another move that I think is big time for the Cleveland Browns, Joe, is getting Joe Schober. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jacksonville Jaguars to a five-year, $53 million deal. These may not be sexy moves, right? An offensive lineman, a, 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 a linebacker that can, you know, kind of play for three downs. And they go out and get Austin Hooper yep. right, as well. And remember, Stefanski liked the two tight ends. I think Njoku is still there, but the tight end as a safety blanket protecting him. The Cleveland Browns are a team. I know it's going to sound silly, Joe, but I think to actually watch this year because mm. last year – the buzz and the hype went a little bit too far, right? And we acknowledge it. Right. Here, Joe, I think the reverse is true. I think the hate may go a little bit too far, and teams are going to realize that just by having Stefanski instead of uh, Kitchens, they are now tremendously better, and with adults in the room not getting out coached every day as well. I actually think the Browns are doing things the right way right now. Yeah, and and listen, a lot of what the Browns' success uh, is going to be really hinge on, you know, how fast does Baker Mayfield grow up? Uh, How fast can he become that franchise quarterback? They need him to be that leadership role they need him to be. Uh, He made a lot of mistakes last year, a ton of mistakes. 
if he learns from those mistakes and understands to keep his mouth shut um, and to, you know, lead by example, they're going to be a very dangerous team. Uh, but again, that's always been the problem is that he is a guy that has needed some leadership and I get being edgy and all that, but you know, you're not uh, Cam Newton. You are not that physically gifted that you can, you can be that kind of personality in a locker room two years into the league. Like you need to be a little more Eli Manning and a little less, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield out of his mind. If he makes that step and if Stefanski and this, uh, this coaching staff can help him mold into that. I, I don't listen. I don't think the ceiling was ever going to be that high for Baker Mayfield. But again, if you're given that kind of talent, um, I think if you make that maturity jump, I think you're right. I mean, Cleveland, the move that they have made from the top on down, have been signaling it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a new year and it's a new team. So they certainly got the talent. Let's see if they can uh, put it all together this year in what many think is going to be a Baltimore Ravens-led division anyway. Let's see if they can make them uh, a run for their money. I, do, I also think, Dan, you've got to look at the New England Patriots of the South now and what the moves the Miami Dolphins made uh, defensively. Now, make no mistake, Brian Flores is a defensive-minded coach, guys. And by going out and getting Byron Jones and having Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, guys, one of the best uh, cornerback duos now in the NFL, you are building a defense like you had in New England, where everything starts from the secondary and moves up. And by having two guys that can shut down pretty much anybody and having some interchangeable pieces, you go out there and you got bigger on the front too. You got Shaq Lawson that you went out there. They got uh, Emmanuel Ogba. They got really big in the middle. They got two shutdown guys in the back, and they have now a defensive leader that can play multiple positions in, uh, in Van Noy now that they brought in and paid. That deep, it is the New England Patriots, guys, of the South. They are building that exact kind of defense where Van Noy can be up, he can be on the edge, he can be down. He's a guy that knows all the formations, all the... It's a, what a valuable piece and a big get for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Flores is building this team uh, very much like the defenses that have won championships in New England. You get two shutdown corners like that in the secondary. Um, there are some things this team is going to be able to do that they have not been able to do in the past. And that's why I think the AFC East all of a sudden is going to become uh, quite a uh, defensive juggernaut for a lot of teams. Listen, I agree with you. Miami is doing it the right way, spending a lot of money. And, you know, that's what you do after the tank job, right? You know, you tank for a while. And what I appreciate is that they give Flores this chance to do it. Yes. You know what I mean? In Arizona, Wilkes had one year. It looked really bad, and they moved on. Well, in Miami, they had one year. It looked really bad, but they are letting them finish the plan. Yep. And you're right, whether it's Miami as New England down south, the Lions are trying to do the same thing in Detroit. Yep. Titans are trying to do the same thing in Tennessee. But I'm with you, Joe. At least Miami is taking the right steps. But I got to tell you, Joe, for me, the biggest winners over the last couple of weeks are another team in that same division. And I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills, Joe. Mm -hmm. yeah. No team has capitalized more on what we have seen than the Buffalo Bills. It starts with, remember, they went out and got Josh Norman. And a one-year, six-million-dollar deal because he had familiarity with McDermott from their time in the past, right? Then everybody from A.J. Klein to Mario Addison, you know, to Vernon Butler, mm -hmm. they win-now mode to add to a defense that was already 
one of the top five defenses in the league over the last three years. They go out and also show you, Joe, that they are looking to win right now, not only in their defensive signings, but the ability to trade four draft picks yep. to get Stefan Diggs at the wide receiver position because they believe that can put them over the top, supporting the young ascending quarterback that Josh Allen is. This team was a playoff team last year. And I think they're going to take a step forward. And then the other reason you have to love the Bills or the Dolphins, quite frankly, is because you look at what else happened in that division. Yep. The standard bearer, the New England Patriots, will be without who many people believe is the greatest quarterback of all time for the first time in the last two decades. The Bills and the Dolphins got better, Joe, mostly because Tom Brady no longer resides in New England. Yes. Uh, well, that, that goes without saying, but uh, do not forget, New England. Still going to be a top five defense, guys. Make no mistake about it. Still going to be there. They still have the pieces there in order to be able to do what they always done, which is pretty much outcoach you, outscheme you, and outdefend you. Nobody does a better job of getting the most out of the least than New England. But um, I think a lot of those teams in that division now got better. And a lot are going, I think a lot of the same style of football is going to be played in the AFC East. Uh, Greg Williams. Slowly but surely putting together the kind of teams that he wants, the kind of defense uh, that he wants there. And I do think the AFC, from a defensive standpoint, has really taken a job. We talked about Miami being that much better. We know Buffalo is going to be there. New England is going to be there. Um, San Diego, I'm San Diego. I'm going to call him San Diego until they find a home. But the addition of Chris Harris and Lindell uh, and Linval Joseph there makes that defense, which was already great, anchored by Bosa and others. This is a great team. Not to mention, and I think this is something absolutely you have to keep an eye on, Casey Hayward, Desmond King, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, and now Chris Harris. There is some flexibility on this team. They have a top 10 draft pick. If there is a quarterback they like, they could certainly pick up the phone to like, I don't know, a Detroit Lions team who just lost their uh, their star defensive back there and absolutely need some depth there with a defensive-minded coach and say, you want Derwin King, you want Derwin James, Nasir, you want Hayward. Okay, great. Let's swap. You're not going to move that far down. Maybe, just maybe, they go up and get the quarterback that they want. That's a luxury not many teams have. That's four, guys. Count them. One, two, yeah. three, four. That's five with Chris Harris now. Uh, all pros, future all pros, uh, current all pros in yep. the secondary. That's uh, that's going to me be one of those chess pieces in the draft where I think the Chargers have the ability to move up and get exactly who they want. They have the ability to move up if they want, but I, th I see it slightly differently, Joe. I think every team looks to beat the standard bearer in their division. Mm. But what do the Chargers need to do to start defending the Kansas City Chiefs? They need those guys in the secondary. They need those pieces. Chris Harris among them. Remember, Derwin James missed like 13 games last year, so he's almost like another free agent signing. Right, that they're adding back to that roster. I think they address the hole in the middle, stopping the run game with Linval Joseph. But I don't think that they're going to look to uh, cast aside or flip one of those guys. I think they're looking to use every one of them to try to stop Patrick Mahomes in that division. I think, though, when you talk about the Chargers, they're picking right now in the first round at number seven, oh, no, excuse me, number six overall, I believe. You're right, there's flexibility they can move. But I also believe, Joe, that what they're going to do is be happy with whatever quarterback out of the top three is left. 
what, what in what falls to them. They probably think Joe Burrow, number one, to Cincy. Then you're left with Tua and Justin Herbert. You have Miami there, and you have the Chargers there. I think the Chargers are going to do their due diligence, but they may be happy with whatever quarterback is still there left for them at six. I don't think they're looking to compromise this secondary that they're building up so much. I think this Chargers defense belongs in the top of the others, like you mentioned, in the AFC. Well, it depends on how much they like a guy. And if they love, uh, you know, if they love either, and I, you know, I do think there is some flexibility with, with Miami as well, who has got a ton of assets to move up and get to it if that's what they want instead of having to wait. Uh, the key to this, I think, is certainly the team that sits at number two, the Giants, and number three, Detroit, who both have some needs who don't necessarily need a quarterback at this time, <laughs> obviously. Um, so, you know, that those teams sitting in five, six, and seven, like you said, with the Chargers, Miami and five, there can be some maneuvering. It's I don't think anybody's sitting pat. I really don't. If somebody wants a quarterback, they're going to make a move. And those teams that don't need them right now, which, of course, you know, the Giants sitting there at two and Detroit at three, they could get a haul right now for that pick. And still, think about it, from number three to five or six, you're not moving. You're not losing a whole lot of ground there and still be able to get the guy that you want. Uh, but I don't think the quarterback is on the Chargers of the future. I think this is a stopgap year they're going to go out and get what they should have done over the last two or three years and groomed them, but Phillip Rivers wouldn't let you. It's quarterback time for the Chargers, guys, that, and no better time uh, than now this year in that position. Because they're, Dane, they're going to win a lot more games next year. We got about 20 seconds. They're not going to have this opportunity in the draft. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The time is now for the Chargers. I think you're right. The Lions at three and the Giants at four are the places they may move. Remember, Washington at two is going to be very happy to let Chase Young fall in their lap. But the Lions and the Giants, that's where the action is going to be. It happens every year, Joe. Guys, enjoy yourself. We'll be back tomorrow morning getting you all caught up. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.